make it there and can make it back. All right, salutations and folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Chip, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways travel intersects with regular life. And I talk with my hands. If you haven't noticed, you can see such on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, you can see I have a beautiful guest. Hello, handsome. Hey, hey, hey. Joe, 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 Joe. We have been talking about this for a while. Then we stopped Years. talking about it. And then boom, here we are. Here we Thank are. you for joining me finally. Thank you for having me. Please introduce yourself to the community. All right, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Joe, aka Joe the Wellness Curator. I'm a health coach and a wellness curator that has a podcast called Obsidian Mindset Podcast where we talk all things wellness, um, all the dimensions. We talk about eight dimensions of wellness. And really what the point of it is to figure out what wellness means to you. There's a lot of conceptions and preconceptions of what wellness should look like. And I need to fit into this mold. I need to do this, this, and this. When in actuality, wellness is based off everyone, individual looks and feels and things of that nature. So that's what we tried to break down and talk about. So I'm excited to be here to talk about how wellness intersects with travel because those are two of my favorite things and i'm happy to have you here so um if you guys are not new to travel and shit y'all know that i am very heavy on intentional travel i truly believe that um travel has the ability to be the gift that keeps on giving you know, um, you get back from your trip and you are still finding new ways to receive from that experience. That has been my experience. And I, you know, wish that for everyone. Um, but one of the things I've discovered, I didn't start out this way. So um, if this is something that is news to you, welcome. If you feel inclined to beat yourself up, please don't. Um, but Travel can be so intentional and such a gift if you tap into the um, ways that it is able to uh, pour into you and if you use it to pour into self. I have found that if I take time and actively think about what is going on in my life back home, um, I am able to, with a more clear mind, not always come up with an answer. Okay, let's be clear. I don't always solve the world's ills. I don't solve all my problems, but I'm able to see certain situations through um, a different lens, through another set of eyes. This way I can attack it with something new. When you find yourself in the same situation, throwing the same fixes or the same um, ideas at a problem and nothing's really moving, I find getting a fresh uh, perspective, a fresh uh, start has been very helpful to me. Um, and that has absolutely improved my own personal wellness. So I was able to then connect travel Come with on. wellness. I know that's right. My wellness became part of my travel experience. So I'm really excited to have this particular conversation with Joe. Um, to start, what are the eight dimensions of wellness? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so this is interesting. I'm gonna have to, I always end up missing one because it eats a lot of numbers. Um, but for me, 
when, you know, when I started my wellness journey 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, um, I lost over a hundred pounds and, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, physical, boom, let's do this. I have to lose the weight. I have to eat right. I have to do this and this and this. And then after a while, I was like, I, you know, I lost it and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't feel well, right? Like, it's just like, I feel fitter. People are saying you look good, but I don't feel like, I feel like there's stuff missing. And y'all um, look good, y'all. I, I know that's right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so the next thing I started to tackle, and this is the next another uh, dimension of wellness, was the mental. So I actually started going to therapy, and I started to break down some bigger things and some bigger blockages that were happening. So I always like to say I, I had the mentality of before I had lost weight, mm. and I was still holding some of those stories and belief systems and things even after. Um, so that's just another section of wellness that I had to like unpack that I'm still unpacking and working through. Um, so that's physical, uh, physical, mental slash emotional. Um, there's financial, which, you know, we all can use some coins um, or just learn how to manage it or like what wellness looks like um, when you think about not even just and you I, I know, you know, about like the abundance mindset of just not only just I need money, but like how are you acting towards money? How is what's your relationship with money? Um, and that's another conversation I had to have just like am I always trying to hoard it? Am I always trying to like save? Am I always trying to, uh, you know, nickel and dime everyone? Or, or am I really thinking, okay, I have enough for me and everyone else around me. Mm. So you got financial, we got spiritual, we got social. Um, as someone that is uh, you know, single, <laughs> hey y'all. Um, currently. The, <laughs> currently, for now. Um, that is an, another thing that I've always had to that also worked into my wellness journey, my weight loss of just having these ideals of what uh, acceptableness, acceptable um, in the dating world is, not being as comfortable, um, also identifying as a queer man, just so what does that look like dating um, and the pandemic, right? There's so many things that just hit uh, that really, you know, made the social aspect very different. So we got financial, social, physical, emotional slash mental, spiritual, um, intellectual, which I always talk about, um, that's where I think about travel, right? Intellectual wellness is just like, how am I learning more about the world, thinking about bigger stuff? How am I keeping my brain moving and thinking about extra stuff? Um, environmental. Mm -hmm. So like what's going on in your environment? Is your room clean? Is your room lively? Does it embody you? Um, and then lastly, I think that was seven. What's the eighth one? Two, four, six. Yeah, it was seven. Damn, there's always one. Spiritual, intellectual, social physical, emotional, I'm going to do a cheat. Don't mind me, I'm just. It's going to come to me as soon as I. Of course it will, because that's when it comes to me. <laughs> as soon as I open this up. Um, but while I'm doing that and distract you a little bit, I think for me, one of the biggest things that I have come across trying to re reconcile is I've been taught a lot of things about wellness. And one of the biggest things I've had to do is to really deconstruct everything I've been taught and start from scratch. All right, yeah. here we go. We got physical, emotional, intellectual, social, occupational. Okay. Occupational wellness. And what that means is, do you love your job? What are you doing for passion? What are you doing for, um, are you volunteering? So what brings you fulfillment in terms of your job or labor? Okay. Woo, all right. That was a little low down, a little shimmy. 
I got them all down. I write them because I wanted to reflect that. So in those eight, mm-hmm. one that stood out to me. Let's talk about it. Uh-oh. And it's just really a funny aside. Ain't really no value in this. <laughs> There's always value in what you say, girl. So when you said physical, I was just like, mm, girl, all them fads and all of them things you said you was going to do that never did. So one thing that I am good for, when I tell you good for consistently, without a doubt, Uh-oh. I am good for buying a fucking gadget or doodad or gizmo mm. or something that is supposed to help me with a goal. Yeah, I'm looking at you. It's supposed <laughs> it's to nice. help me with a goal. And then never using it. When I tell you I was um, vegan for a little stint uh, that lasted three weeks. Um, <laughs> mind you, it was a good three weeks because most of that time was spent like uh, like moving and shaking. One, I started and I started like on Thanksgiving. On? Um, I don't know what was wrong with me. I made my little vegan mac and cheese. Um, it, was, it wasn't it's as bad not- as I thought it was. It wasn't. Okay. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But I find that I am very easily, um, I'm with the shits when it comes to spending money on something that I think will make something easier for me, something Mm -hmm. that will, um, you know, bring joy in the sense of an accomplishment. Like I bought a a food processor that little time that I was going to be vegan. Thankfully, what's up to Drew? Because I was asking Chef Drew, if he had a recommendation and he was just like, Skittle, why don't you just buy that? He calls me Skittle because I used to change my hair colors a lot and was like, why don't you just buy the cheapest one that looks like it'll get the job done? When I tell you, I haven't even cracked the box. I'm so glad I just bought whatever $20 one was in there. I bought, um, oh yeah, I bought um, a juicer years ago, years ago, maybe like 2010, maybe 2012 or so. And it is sitting in my parents' um, like storage, like under the house storage, because I ended up giving it to my dad. He used it for a stint, and then it's never to be seen. Um, and it's funny, but not funny, but I saw on, so I'm with the Twitters now, if you uh, feel so inclined, mm-hmm. it's the same as my Instagram, either underscore dcarry, if you'd like to follow moi, the, the me, the- or if you just want to follow the podcast, um, travel and shit, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H underscore T. Um, but I would came across, um, I don't want to say, nope, it was a thread. Was it a thread? It might've been. Anyway, someone had mentioned that as a, what were they? I don't know what they were diagnosed as, some type of neurodivergent. And they were basically saying that a lot of things for them, I think they were ADHD, looked like different coping mechanisms, but that actually worked for them. Like, okay, so I can't do, I find that I am better at accomplishing my daily tasks if they look pretty. So buying a, you know, a leather bound uh, Mm -hmm. notebook and the really nice highlighters and colored pens that I want while seem like a very frivolous spend, they're actively keeping me going with something. hiring somebody to clean. I can't necessarily afford maybe like four times a month, but I can do once a month. So it's easier for me to really get in my head and be like, all right, so it's just maintenance cleaning. Let me just do this load of laundry, 
let me wipe the surfaces in the bathroom and I'm not getting in here scrubbing grout, but I'm cleaning the mirror, I'm cleaning the toilet, wiping the sinks and the showers down. So in what he initially saw as something that was, wow, I'm just blowing money, I'm just blowing money. After he kind of tallied like some of the things that he was spending on and really like clearly like, uh, what's the word, uh, detailed it for us in this thread, it was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. And so that piece of, so well, to your point, it started out as being useless information. And then when I tie it all together in the package, mm-hmm. um, in terms of financial, I see that I was doing a lot of that. And while I may not have necessarily sustained with all of the things that I threw money into, it at least taught me like, okay, no, this trend isn't for me, or Mm -hmm. this practice is not for me. I still was able to learn and I still was able to um, commit to doing something new. So even if it doesn't necessarily turn out to be something that changes your fucking life, if it at least changes you in the sense that it gives you more information, I think that it can be, you know, tapped into being something that is beneficial to you if you find the use in the lesson. No? Yeah. So I, I, I think you hit on a, a few things that I just want to piggyback off. I think one, the big thing is like we've been talking about being intentional, right? Like mm-hmm. that leather bound journal has an intention and just buy it because I bought it. Um, I think sometimes you have to sit down and figure out why you're doing what you're doing regarding wellness. I think, you know, I, I, me too. I too love a good gadget. Um, got a Garmin watch. I got an Apple watch, all these things tracking all these different metrics. Um, but for me, I know I love data, right? I'm a, I'm an accountant by day. I love to see what I'm burning. I like to see how fast I'm running. And I think for me, that brings me joy. That brings me that extra bit of oomph that keeps my wellness journey moving. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we want to try something new. I know for me, when I get new workout clothes, that next workout is yeah on fire it could it, it don't matter what's happening i have a new outfit on it's over it's over yep. so i think it's just you sometimes it's a piece of it's just like you want to spice up your your because we, we have a lot of life of fortunate if you're fortunate enough you have a lot of life to live mm-hmm. and this wellness journey can get monotonous it can get boring yeah. you want to go to the gym every day yada yada work on this sometimes you need to spice it up either take a different class i always say you know try something new i went um i've done pole dancing before That was a hell of an experience. (laughs) Humbled me very much so. (laughs) Humbled. (laughs) I now appreciate everyone on P Valley. I hello. Okay. Athletes. The truest athletes. Don't say nothing. Um, so just to spice things up, that's how I spice up my wellness journey. When we're talking about documentation, I have a watch. Sometimes I um I have a scale that gives me all my stats and stuff. Mm -hmm. I try not to focus too much on it because you can get kind of drained into that, like. Why do I lose a pound here? Why did I gain here? But it keeps me kind of interacted and in it. Um, and then it's just, and if you want to talk about something different, just like food wise, like there is science that says when your food looks appealing, you're more likely to eat more healthy, right? So I know for a salad, when it's a whole bunch of colors, the reds and the blues and the greens and the yellows, I'm like, oh, this is delicious versus, oh, I'm having oatmeal today, right? So right. I think there's different ways of like spicing it up. And, you know, we all, Sometimes we mess up and we buy something that did not help, <laughs> but it's just another lesson learned. And we get to, we get to know, like you said, um, you can either treat it like a failure. Like I messed up. I shouldn't right. have done this or actually I'm never going to do it again. I'm going to go mm-hmm. sell it on Etsy. And right. this is now not for me. Yeah. I, 
can't remember the last time I had oatmeal without the razzle and the dazzle. We I do all of the fruits. Um, he likes it with almond butter. I am not Ooh. a fan of almond butter. It doesn't do it for me. But I also um, am very particular about my peanut butter even. I don't like, while I like nuts, <laughs> that's what she said, <laughs> nuts, okay? Um, while I like nuts, I don't like nuts in my food. Like I, if I get Thai food, it's gotta be no peanuts. No, I, mm. I cannot have it in my food. Once it's in the food, it's now, I don't enjoy it. Is so it even texture? my peanut, but no, not even the texture because I love a good oyster. Okay. Love yeah. oysters. Um, and I'll eat the nuts by themselves. But as soon as you put them in something other than chocolate, I am uninterested. Really? I only eat um, Skippy reduced fat peanut butter. Not because it's reduced fat, but because it tastes less peanut buttery to me. So I, it's another little quirk about me, you know, I don't like nuts in my food. But yeah, I I find that when you find a way that is appealing to you, you're more likely to stick with it. And it's similar, um, even with like travel trends, right, or travel preferences. I am an aisle, not an aisle, excuse me, I am a window seat girl and it works for me because how i know i can get comfortable i'm not that big so i but not with the so but but i am still very uncomfortable when flying so i my heart goes out to those of y'all who are larger than five five and 150 you know what i mean like it is struggles yeah so (laughs) i can imagine One of the things that I will say I have uh, started using and love is a foot hammock. I bought it on Amazon, the little Mm. hammock so that you can pull your knees up and just kind of be more comfortable because I'm a baller. Like if I can, (laughs) that too, Um, unfiscally related, I just like being like, you know, tight. Yeah, I'm one of those, I'm going to get in fetal position to get comfortable. So I want to be on the wall so that I can lean, I can put my arm up, I can lay my head over, and I don't want nobody brushing up against me. I don't want nobody touching me. I don't want no strangers waking me up by accident or on purpose if they're coming up and down the aisle. And honestly, I get it if that happens because it's a fucking aisle. People are moving. You know what I mean? But I find that because I know what works for me, I make sure that I will pay to choose my seat because I don't want to run that risk of not getting what I want and now putting myself in a situation where I'm going to be uncomfortable or unhappy or now look back and say, and now look at you. Mm -hmm. It would have been $30 and you'd have been comfortable. But now you're sitting here uncomfortable. So I know where certain things have made the difference in, do I need to spend this? No. But do I want to risk? It's kind of, a lot of times like the cost, um, the benefit. cost benefit. Is that what mm-hmm. I'm? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's is it worth the peace of mind? I was actually talking with um, my partner the other day. What was it in particular? It was something about. I think we were talking about insurance. And he was saying that insurance in and of itself is not like for everybody. I agree. It's for me though, because 
for me, it is worth it to pay to not have to think about this in Mm -hmm. the future. Now, I understand that for someone that's relatively healthy or someone that doesn't necessarily have um, pre-existing or longstanding uh, Mm -hmm. maintenance issues or things that they have to work on, how they can see, I don't go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in the last 10 years. I don't anticipate going in the next, so blah, 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 blah. And So for someone like that, I could see insurance not being necessary. But for me, I know that that is a spend that is not necessarily just about like my physical wellness, but it's also my my mental. Like I'm going to just be stressed that God forbid there's a car accident or God Mm -hmm. forbid, because now mind you, there are people that can just afford things, right? So even without insurance, they just feel like, oh, I'll just pay for my doctor's visit. I'll just pay for the visit when I show up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you. But what about those visits that all of a sudden come because of something you weren't expecting. Now, all of a sudden, like I have a vagina, I will hopefully, and not just a vagina, I also have an, uh, a uterus and ovaries. I would like to have children one day. So I would like to consistently visit my GYN, OBGYN, so I can make sure everything is okay. And does it make sense to pay for those visits up front? If, if that's your bag, yeah. But what if something happens? That's not something that I necessarily pay too much attention to until I have to pay attention to it. So at that point, it's just like, so now you're running the risk of being diagnosed with something, or if you get pregnant and now you have a difficult pregnancy, it was like for different people, different things. But I find that when you know what works for you, like what seat to sit in when you get on that plane, and then also like what things are going to bring you peace of mind down the lane, like down the road, you're better equipped to make decisions but you learn those decisions by fucking up that's and that's the part i think it's being intentional but also learning those lessons i think it's you know back in my younger first started traveling i'm like give me the cheapest seat possible i want all the flight deals i want a 200 trip to kenya i don't care if i need to go five stops i don't care (laughs) now i'm like no like and it's not even just me saying like i'm make more money than I did before, like 10 years ago, it's more of like, is it worth the things that are non-monetary? Mm-hmm. Before I was making a calculated risk, I'm like, money, money, money. Yeah. I'll make it work. Now it's like, okay, money aside, do I want to pay 50 extra dollars to be at the, be at the front? Do I want to get my extra leg room? I am 6'3". You know, it's funny because before when I was not considering them non-monetary things, I would go to the front desk or to the clerk and they were like, oh, poor baby, let me put you in the aisle seat. You do not need to be in that seat. And I'm like, thank you. You get it. But now I'm like, I don't want to risk someone being mean, right? Mm -hmm. And be like, whatever, you're going to get what you're going to get. I need to put things in my own hand. I need to like make these choices and be like, okay, I want to make sure I get some aisle room. I want to see if I can get this cabin door. I want to make sure I can, you know, whatever it is um, to be comfortable because comfortability and convenience are very important. Yeah. Travel and wellness. I I was just about to say that I think that people underestimate how much comfort goes Mm -hmm. into wellness. Like Mm -hmm. just think about how many things negatively impact your mental health, like Mm. your mental wellness and just like your, your emotional disposition, right? How many of those things are based on comfort, whether or not you're comfortable with um, conflict, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that be conflict at work, conflict in your personal life, the idea of like, I'm not a conflict person. I don't enjoy it. It's like, I don't understand. Um, well, no, I do understand because some people just are different. They enjoy they conflict. I get how some people 
um, maybe into diving into Twitter and responding to everybody or going back and forth. Like there is no value in that Mm -hmm. for me. So I can very easily, and and it's growth. You know what I mean? Like 22 year old me might've had the energy to go Mm -hmm. back and forth with Mm -hmm. you. 37 year old me absolutely doesn't. Like I, when I tell you the, ease with which i see something that i disagree with and i go hmm screw up yep i just keep it pushing like i just keep going and i don't um i don't think i really noticed how much comfort mattered because like you i was looking at the cost of things mm-hmm. but now the cost isn't just financial the cost is emotional the cost is mm-hmm. mental the cost is my time the cost is my energy and attention like my attention costs now mm-hmm. just because i have so many things to pay attention to if this isn't something that is going to bring me joy something that is um absolutely necessary to me existing whether it be in employment or in housing or in like a good standing relationship with someone that i care about it's it's not a it's not of importance yep it's just not an option anymore and i think um the older you get the older i get i learned that energy is a currency and that's something i'm like and similar to you you're like 22 all right let's go let's go on this twitter war i got time now i'm just like what is that gonna do for my energy because i'll be exhausted just because i don't see you face to face if it's a conflict my energy drains yes virtual non as an introvert, I'm drained because that does not jive with what I do. Um, I like to read. I like to chill out. I like to watch TV. Like, those bring me energy. Yes. Um, so now it's just like I've learned, even like doing things work, even doing things related to the podcast, it's just like I've learned that if my body says you are depleted, you don't have mm-hmm. energy, I'm not pushing it. Them, the those all-nighters and, and call it. I can't do that anymore. I have to be very cautious, very intentional about how I use my energy. And if I don't have time or if I don't, excuse me, if I don't have the energy to do something, I have to be very honest with myself. And I've even had to, you know, this is why it's good to kind of know your people, know your friends, know your tribe, because I'll go to my friend that knows me and they'll, I'll say, you know, can we cancel this? My energy is not right. And they'll be like, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. I get it. So it's just like, you learn that money kind of shifts. The, and, well, that's kind of a privileged conversation, but Mm-hmm. I've learned that, you know, I've put more focus on like how my energy is feeling and, and honoring that. Gotcha. So what types of experiences in your travels has helped you kind of bolster this presence of Joe now, like the, the Joe of 10 years ago, just mm-hmm. like the D of 10 years ago, I'm sure they were great. We love them for who they were. But between the 10 years ago, 15 years ago, us and us now, like what were some of your experiences that you have um, had in travel that have added to your wellness and then vice versa? What experiences of wellness have you brought into your travels? Mm, This is really good. Uh, So the first thing that really comes to mind was my first solo trip. Um, That was so that I did the trip. I went to Turkey. Ooh. Then I went to Dubai to see a friend. Then I went to Japan for the cherry blossom. Um, oh, wow. That's festival. a fuck of a first trip. That, <laughs> that, you know, it's funny because I went to the front desk, the clerk, and they're like, you have three. Because I also, you know, cheap, 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 cheap. Um, one leg here, one leg there. They're like, are you coming back? Like, they were confused. They didn't want to give me my ticket because they thought I was just going to skip skip a leg. 
Um, but for me, that was such a nerve wracking experience because as someone that's an introvert, I'm, I've always relied on, you know, other people kind of figuring out what's going to happen. I don't want to like meet new friends, meet new people. That's too much energy. I'm here to vacation. I'm here to relax. Um, and what that really taught me that really, that trip allowed me to stretch my boundaries mm. and allowed me to know that, you know, I've, okay, this is for anyone that is considered an introvert or have introverts in their life. There's a really good book called Quiet by Susan Cain. And that book allowed me, I think I read it before my trip, but that book allowed me to realize that being an introvert is not a curse. It is not something that's bad. I think we are in a, a society where it's extroverts are usually uh, rewarded. Mm. Um, a lot of our, the way we're schooled is extrovert yeah. uh, centric. The way we are, you succeed in corporate America is usually uh, extrovert centric. Um, so that book allowed me to realize I'm not the problem, right? <laughs> it's just what I'm putting, I'm putting myself in scenarios that might be the problem, or I might be thinking about myself in a way that may seem like a victim, or I'm not good enough because I'm not an extrovert. When in actuality, I have a lot of strengths related to being an introvert, such as community building, such as being ideation and thinking and brainstorming. So I have to use that in the real world. So I kind of did it in practice and I went on this trip across uh, Asia, Europe slash Asia. Um, and, you know, in the beginning it was stressful, but after a while, went to the hostel in Turkey, made friends very easily. Um, and they kind of stuck with me throughout there, went to Dubai, made friends easily. Um, and while also I learned to respect my energy, if I was feeling tired, I wouldn't go out. I might've booked a tour, but if it was like, no, stay, read, cool. Um, so I think that trip allowed me to look at what my strengths and weaknesses are and to really be with myself, um, in that, in that space. Um, so I think that was a big, that's a big moment that I think about now that really deals with my wellness and who I am as a person. Um, so your other question was wellness and to travel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So what I love to do, or at least before the pandemic was runcations. I don't know if mm. you I was actually, if you look up, my hair is kind of blocking it. Um, but these are some of my medals. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, that's so fly. Do you mind if I put my laptop up? Of course I don't. Please do. Uh, these are, so these, I they have a whole bunch of other medals, but these are my favorite slash most impactful. Wow. Oh. So the middle is my logo. But you have, I have a uh, Berlin. I went to Antarctica. Not Antarctica. I did, um, Arkansas, Hawaii, Vancouver, Chicago, Miami, uh, to name a few. But what I say all that to say is, like you said, being intentional about travel. I also, I love races. I love medals. I used to call myself a medal thought. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I just collect them. It's just, I, I would, I remember my coworkers would be like, are you leaving? I would go travel to go somewhere to, to do a race and come back and be at work on Monday, like backpack ready and go. Uh, this is back when I was way, way younger. But what that really taught me as well is like, I do enjoy travel. I do enjoy wellness. So why not find ways to combine what mm. you love to do? Um, it's actually funny because my therapist, therapist was like, you know, if spirituality is something that you want to work on, why don't you find a location such as, you know, somewhere in Africa or Cuba where spirituality might be something that you can tie into your travels? Yeah. Ah, so those are the things I'm like, I'm trying to learn to one, be intentional and, you know, 
try to plug it. And it's not a trip for a trip, which, you know, not to say you shouldn't. Sometimes you just need to be on a beach and not think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there are ways to try uh, tie in. If you love community service, tying that. If you love wellness, yeah. if you love whatever you like, just tying it into travel to uh, like a two for one. I love that. So one of the things that you had mentioned in the first half of your answer mm-hmm. when you were saying that like you would check in and say, because I too have lost money on mm. an experience that I booked and then I wake up and I'm like, <sighs> it ain't it. Not today. <laughs> not, not, not today. No. So that money's gone. It's gone. And what clicked, it just kind of popped up at me. And I guess this is a very personal share, but one of the, well, not one of the, well, I guess one of the ways in life I have made like the worst decisions, like the decisions that tend to just make me question whether or not I have any sense at all, always got to do with niggas. Like I have always made the worst um, decisions. Like I find that it has been in like, you know, objectively looking through the Rolodex of dumb shit I've done. 80% of it had to do with another person. You know what I mean? Just, Mm -hmm. and that is what it is. I don't hate myself anymore for that. However, one of the things that I struggle with is trusting myself to make the right decisions Mm. because in a lot of those experiences I did my absolute best with the information that I was given at the time and I thought I was making good decisions but generally proved themselves not to be so that definitely fucked with whether or not I felt that I was capable to um capable of making good decisions for a while Mm. and One of the things that, like, as you were saying, no, not today. If I want to just stay and read, I'm going to stay and read. And it, like, travel absolutely gave me so many opportunities to make decisions where I've learned to trust myself more. Like, where I struggled with it at home, it was absolutely something that showed itself as something I was very capable of doing when I put myself in new situations, when I gave myself new decisions to make, when I gave myself new, um, I don't want to say struggles, but new challenges to conquer, you know, travel has absolutely given me the opportunity to pick myself up out of the little box that I live in and be Mm -hmm. in, you know, a, a bag. I'm out the Mm -hmm. box and into the bag. Like it's a whole different shape. This bitch can take any shape I wanted to take (laughs) and I'm in it. You know what I mean? And those experiences in travel gave me, I won't say like the utmost confidence because uh, that's something we're going to have to work through in therapy if I ever get back. Um, But that is absolutely something that I was just like, oh, bitch, like you done live through how many countries you done live through how many, I don't know where I'm going. Just walk this way. Like, you and do. you're fine. Right. It's like, <laughs> yes, you can make decisions, but sometimes you really, it, well, in my experience, I have found that I have, um, 
learned to trust my decisions and I have been able to see a lot of things more differently once I'm able to look at them through the lens of travel. Now, a lot of things that I also, not beating myself up for it, is sometimes like the lesson is kicking you in the head, like the Mm -hmm. information is there, but you don't see it because of home glasses, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of times you don't see the things that you know, or you don't feel a lot of the things that you know, like you're an introvert. I find myself to be more introvert leaning and I can make new friends because I was given a new challenge. I was given a new Mm -hmm. environment. It's not like when you're home, like, you know, who you are, when you are in your regular surroundings, when you are walking out your, you walk out your building, walk out your house, walk into your job, you know who you are because that is the life that you generally live. It's just, even if you are challenged with it or even if you are questioning certain things or if not all things are understood, there is a comfort in the things that you know. And while there are so many unknowns in a regular life and an everyday giving, that's not like the, what you know that I mean. It's just that comfort and that ease of when you're not thinking you are still existing. And who you are in the the realm of your regular existence is often very different from the you that is faced with a challenge that isn't a a burden. You know what I mean? Like a challenge that isn't necessary. Yeah, like a a new challenge, a fun challenge, an exciting challenge versus a challenge where, damn, I'm short on rent or damn, I'm sure on, you know, emotional capacity to deal with this nigga that I've been fighting with for the past three years. When is we ever going to break up? Or I don't know how to approach my mom and my dad about, you know, them feeling one way. I don't know what I want to do for college, but I don't want to be here. This isn't the major for me. So it's not like the challenge that you traditionally face in regular life that tends to be a little more detrimental, but it's more challenges that build you up challenges that give you that kick that says nah, like you're good or no you have these skills like that you didn't know that you had because you're used to living life in the regular space and under the regular conditions of what you already know and so are the people around you the people around you are used to dealing with you the way that you present so that's how they're going to treat you that's how they fucking with you you know what i mean they just treating you and being with the joe they know they are yep. interacting with the D that they know. But when I when I go to um, some random city, if when we just went to Detroit, I don't know nobody in motherfucking Detroit. But guess what? They don't know me either. So mm-hmm. they don't know how to interact with me. They don't know who the fuck they're getting. So I get to lead that conversation. And now yeah, I get I to interact with people that have no preconception of what it is that I'm going to bring to the table. And I have... Like, and that really just hit me while I was listening to you um, really detail your experience. So thank you for that. And I really find that in, I really find that to be the beauty and what I really, really enjoy about doing this and doing the podcast. It's just conversation. It's just talking to people. You'd be surprised what you, one of the things that I've held very strongly to before I started the podcast, and I still do. But it's one of those things that I've always held on, even before I was doing the podcast, I've been doing creative work since 2008 that I can document, like that I can like internet creative stuff. I was always a short, I always wrote, wrote and I'm sorry, ma, I was absolutely 
an annoying child. God bless you. But I always had a fucking show to put on. There was always some kind of performance. I was one of those little niggas. And, you know, shout out to everybody that ever watched me do a show. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I truly, truly, truly believe that you can learn something from anyone if you ask the right questions. I don't care if you're mm. asking the homeless guy on the street. I don't care if you're asking the addict at your job because quite as it's kept, there are addicts on the job, not just on the street. Hear me out. You see what I'm saying? Like, Thank don't you. go conflating the two. They're not always, they're not mutual. They can be mutually exclusive. They don't always have to go together, but you can learn something from anybody if you ask the right questions. And a lot of times you don't even have to ask. You don't have to know what question to ask. Just be willing to ask and listen. You have to also be willing to listen to what people want to share with you. And um, I really hope that that's a benefit people find in listening to the podcast is that it's just a whole bunch of different type of people that show up and just share their experiences with travel it's not about like oh I went to Dubai I did this with the sand here I saw this I went here I spent this money and look at me yes look at me but look at me because of this experience that I had and how I am able to redefine this uh, aspect of my life or look at what it did for me and now it can do for you it's more of a we could all grow together as opposed Mm -hmm. to I've grown faster than you or I've grown further than you I don't know what are your thoughts on like negative travel experiences and how they kind of influence different travel decisions Hmm. I, 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 so similar, I think we said that before, I don't treat them as negative. I would just say there were lessons learned and I no longer do them again. Um, so a couple of them, I have a couple. One is I know who to travel with. Um, I've learned, I have a, like me and my, I have one consistent travel buddy. Hey, Arnice. Hey girl. Um, like we vetted, we've done it for 10 years. Mm. We've literally been to every continent together from Antarctica to Africa. And it's like, we know how, like, and it's not even just say we like the same things, but it's like, she knows, oh, he's an introvert. He needs this time. I can plan up to this. I can ask this. I'm like, oh, she likes to do this this is going to be our free day for each both right so we kind of know each other there are some people that you know as someone in travel you know there's always someone that's going to say oh I, you invite me next time it's like it's that that's not how it works like you're at the let's do a pre-trip like let's do something local we've like, ever done anything together before there, there's levels there's levels so, we don't have each other's phone numbers can we get to the basics uh but i i think that's one too just like knowing people so i don't like doing trips of more than three or four people okay. that's just, it's just too met too much too many pot cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and it's just too much for me three i've learned that you know no matter what you're doing so even if you're going away for a wedding if you're going away for a rate whatever it is you gotta remember this, this is me i gotta remember that the trip is also mine Mm. Right. I think there's a times when you go in a group, you're like, okay, whatever the group does, I'll do. It's fine. But if we're all paying money for the trip, you should have a say in how you feel. So if you're an introvert and you need that day, you need to make sure everyone knows because you paid a portion of the trip that that's what you want to do for that day. So I've I've learned to be more assertive about what I want in a trip. Um, And that comes with being intentional. That comes with, you know, being very tired after doing a lot of like having uh, (laughs) Having itineraries back to back to back for four days, like everything planned out for 30 minutes, it's like, I don't work well with that. No, I don't. I don't live my regular life. Give me a little liquid. What if I want to nap? Because 
a nap what on the beach. What if I'm kicking it with somebody? What if I meet somebody new and we're in the middle of a great conversation? I'm not going to cut like a really great conversation we short. Go. For, you know what I mean? Like for some fucking <laughs> chicken nuggets. Girl, like you ain't even eating no weird nice. Um, so those are those are three. And so I think on the flip side, I've also learned, you know, I'm very, although I'm from New York City and, you know, we are very uh, desensitized to a lot of things. I still very trusting and I've learned to be a little bit more vigilant when I'm traveling. I've had some negative or some bad, some less than ideal situations when I'm traveling, specifically when I went to Cuba, but I'm not going to get into that, um, where I thought I was fine. I thought I was okay, you know, especially, and this is where I often take my being a black male, you know, outside of America, what a black man means, but just me being taller of a presence, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling more safe usually than compared to other, like a woman, for instance, I'm like, all right, I've got it. But you know, I'm a target too. If anything, I'm just a bigger target sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I've just learned like never assume anything, always be prepared for anything. Um, always for me, I'm also very, not very flamboyant. Like I don't like to make a big deal of things and just like everyone I'm going here today, you know, I'm like, I'm just in the cut, I'm doing it. And for me, I've learned that, you know, you need to do start to tell people about what you're doing because one, you know, you're also giving permission for other people to live their best lives. And that's just from a amazing lifestyle. But two, if something happens to you, you want people to know where you at. You want people to know like how to reach you. You want people to be able to check up on you. So just learning to be a little bit more outgoing and telling people what you're doing, um, telling people what I'm doing so that they know what's going on and they know I'm good. So you kind of touched on the next thing I wanted to ask you. What is, I am a black woman. Mm-hmm. that's the only perspective I can speak on. What has your experience been like traveling as a black man and as a very obvious black man? I'm five, five. I'm mm-hmm. pretty fucking small. Like I'm very easy to miss. You're six, three, bro. <laughs> you are six, three, six you foot see. and three inches of chocolate fineness. How do you manage and how do you navigate all of that? Um. So, you know, it's, it came through lessons of going places. I, I went, I was very... In the beginning of my travel career, so I'll say like a good 10 years ago, I just went wherever. Let's go mm-hmm. to Europe. Let's go to Asia. Let's go wherever. And after a while, I started to realize I don't like going to certain places. So one example is I went to China on a layover. I don't, I think it was Shanghai. I'm not sure. Same. But I went there and shout outs to, you know, no shade. To, that was one of the worst travel experiences. I was only there for like eight hours that I ever had. It was just so uncomfortable. I was one Mm-hmm. hovering over everyone right i'm tall i'm black mm-hmm. you everyone sees me coming from a mile away and i was getting such stares yep such it was so uncomfortable i literally just want to go look at a a, 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 a um, like a statue and come back went on the train it was so uncomfortable went through the the streets it was so uncomfortable and i think what made it worse is because i just came back from japan and japan they're so um Politically correct. So no one's staring at you. They might have thoughts, but no one's staring at you. No one's saying anything. They're bowing. They're nice. Um, so just coming from that, I was just like, I do not like this experience at all. And I, I know that's a, that happens a lot in other places too, especially where they don't see that many Black people. Um, so that was one experience that I did not like. So those are no now, you know, I'm still open to go wherever, but I will tend to stay away from places where I feel like I'll be treated as other because I remember I'm already treated like that in America. 
Because mm-hmm. America, you got a problem. Sure All right, keep Beyonce. Um, but on the flip side, through going to Africa more, through going to the Caribbean, to going to Brazil, which is still one of my top, top, top countries to go to, um, I just learned the beauty of being Black. Mm-hmm. And there are so many places that embrace it. Brazil and Ghana were the two places that I've gone where it's just like, oh, they love Blackness, right? There's just like, that's that's what it is. And it's just, when I don't need to feel like an other, um, it just makes the travel experience different. I get to open up. I get to feel like I'm home. Um, I always remember I went to South Africa. That was my first trip to Africa. And so <laughs> this guy was selling trinkets on the side of the street whatever and he said welcome home my brother and when i tell you i was about to ball right there i gave that man my money i don't even know what it was i bought from him yeah but maybe nothing (laughs) it wasn't it was i think i broke it but that (laughs) sentiment just really made me realize like i can i get to travel to places yes to learn and to learn about different cultures but also to find me and Mm. to feel home as well so once again being intentional and that's why I'm like every year I always say Africa has to be somewhere or somewhere like a black country is like I have to go somewhere every year have you done uh Colombia yet have you been to Cartagena I have been to Colombia I I loved it, but there's the reason why I'm going to, there's a little asterisk is asterisk, asterisk, um, Mm -hmm. is my own bias of Colombia is a place where it's like, if you don't speak English, that's your problem. There are certain countries where it's just like, we'll try to, you know, you're like, no, you either know Spanish, you don't. And that was my fault, right? Because I didn't come prepared. (laughs) Um, But overall, I did love the whole country. It was beautiful. I was running up the mountains um yeah it was it was a dope trip super uh yeah super black too um or certain parts but yeah, yeah. i i think cartagena and cuba were cuba, yeah. and i say a city and a country because i did a bunch of different little pockets in cute in cuba like i got to go see a bunch of corners but in colombia i strict i stayed in cartagena and i didn't really go too far i think i went to like rosario islands but that was like a day trip to the beach that don't Got count it. Um, and then I did uh, Palenque, which is a black ass city. So that's a that's a given. But um, and I also had a similar experience in China. I, too, had a layover in Shanghai. I was there for maybe a total of 12 hours. Shout out to my host. So I think I, I just went through my Airbnb uh, history, if you will. Her name was Aileen, Aileen, however she pronounces it. She was such a sweetheart. Didn't speak a lick of fucking English. Not even like, hello. OK, but when I tell you sistrin looked out for me like she figured out that through you know texting and it translates mm-hmm. for you i was lost i could not find her building she came outside and got me and she was equipped with her little google translate and we, know, we did our right. best but outside of her yeah i had never been stared at it was i have not and i was i had no hair so i don't know if it was like is it the black thing is it the no hair thing and then i try to also be like a little more Gracious, like, oh, do you just think I'm pretty? Or because a lot of times people ain't staring at you for anything like negative. They're just like, oh, she's pretty, and, they, and they're yeah. just in their own head. But I have never in my life this like China. A different. It's there's a there's a there's a space there's a because you can feel the energy like, in it, and it's not because I've you just you you always could tell when someone I don't see black people often, and that stare is more like an inquisitive, like, oh, what's going on there. 
But the stare there was just very like aggressive. In, yeah, it felt aggressive. Like, what are you more like? What are you doing here? Oh, there's difference between like. Oh, you're interesting. I've never seen this before. You're here. Yeah, like, what are you doing here? Wow. Question mark versus exclamation point. Uh Uh-huh. So my perception of what I have, and I haven't gone back, I probably won't um, in the near future, but that's that that was a hell of an eight hours. I I co-sign you on that one. What has your running experience been like? Is it different to go someplace to run than it is to go someplace to just kind of like vacation? Um, yes and no. I think for, I think similar that we were talking before, running fruncations usually have a very specific intention. So I'm not, you know, if I don't catch the certain things, if I can't go someplace, you know, I have the focus is the race. Um, and then everything else is more like a fun to do. One thing that I've always noticed when racing is, you know, I would go to these spaces and racing, at least when I was doing it back then, there's not that many black people that were doing the long distance races. That was my next question. Um, so it was very interesting to be, it's actually funny because I went to the Seaweeds, which is in Vancouver. Um, okay. And it's, uh, it's, it was hosted by Lululemon. And actually, well, <laughs> when I tell you throughout that course, I could probably count on both my feet and hands, the black people and, Half of them came with me because we weren't together. <laughs> <laughs> but it, to the point where at the festival afterwards, some I think someone from either HR or someone like higher up in the company because gave us like gift receipts or gave us like gift cards. Um, just saying like, oh, I thank you guys for being here. You guys are amazing, yada, yada, yada. I was like, I'll take it. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it's yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to take your money, but I'm also going to look at you like, Give me more. What else you got? You got an endorsement? Right. You got a brand? Ad- you got an ambassador? Like, give me what's the, where's the you want, what you what you I want? want the, huh? You want to handle lunch? <laughs> Dinner? Uh, so that's always an extra thing of just like there are also outside of the country piece and traveling piece. There are also perceptions of what I would do as someone that's running, because um, even for me, I am a bigger guy, taller, a little bit, you know, way more. And they automatically have an assumption of that I'll be slow. Um, mm. I'm actually can book it. Like I can hold my weight. I can, I can go pretty fast. And I've always at the end, there's always someone at the race is like, I did not expect you to go that fast. I, I, I was, you didn't. You. well, you should have thought differently and you should have been training. Um, no, no, <laughs> and no, look no. what it got you now. It, look at you. Huh? Hello? Um, but it, it's, it is a very interesting experience to be traveling when, um, while running, uh, you, once again, you meet people, meet a really good community. Uh, and I enjoy, uh, getting to do both, like I said, learning about the city. Um, and even if I'm not there for a race, usually every country I go to, I end up like running somewhere throughout the city. I'm, I remember um, I went in France. I went to Paris, which have you been to Paris? Negative. Well, I did France, but I only did uh, Southern France. It was part of a, um, I went to Barcelona and I did a three country day trip. So mm. we did Northern Spain, we did Andorra, and then we did Southern France. The food was trash, but go ahead. Relatable. Um, so I say, I have to say, I, did, I went there for personal, just relaxing, mm-hmm. and I ended up running maybe like 12 miles just around the city, just learning about it. Run, And I'd love, and I, I used to do this 12 when miles I was, in a motherfucking day. God damn. When I was in New York City, I used to love like running through Brooklyn. Like I would have 12 miles to run, but just... You learn so much about the city. Um, mm. 
through running. I love and biking too, but I love running and seeing how the city kind of morph. You can kind of see where the the more gentrified areas start. And you can kind of see where people are not paying attention to the areas. And yeah. and I always love to explore a city through that lens. Um, so I usually tried every trip to do some type of long run or run some sort of way so I can learn that way. Now, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel unsafe running places? Do you vet where you're staying to see whether or not there are black people in the area? So a big black man running through their neighborhood isn't going to, you know, give them cause to interfere with you in a manner that is um, unsafe for you? Because I would be terrified personally. That's a good question. Yeah, I do. So there are a few apps that you can kind of map out your run. Um, there's reviews of runs. So I always try to map it out, kind of realize like where I want to go. Mm-hmm. If my phone dies, how am I going to get back? Like I try to think of everything that can Got go you. wrong during a run um, and then make sure I have like some backups and things of that nature. So yeah, a lot of planning, even even okay. for a short two, three mile run, I always have something planned. And, and I always, even if I'm away, I'll still, because especially this um, Strava, which is a running app, Anytime you start a run, you can notify people um, that you're starting it. So even if I'm like in my front yard, it says, do you want to notify your friends that you're starting? Um, And it sends a text saying, oh, Joe is starting this run, yada, yada, yada. So I always like to let them know, not when I'm home, but more like when I'm away, that uh, I let them know what's going on. Oh, I like that one. That Mm -hmm. is, that's clutch because... Mm -hmm. I always like someone always knows where I am for the most part. And Mm -hmm. now I don't travel by myself anymore. I travel with my partner, but like my mom is shout out to mom again. She did a great job of checking in while not being burdensome. Yeah. Yeah. I know in Cuba, I don't know how I fucked it up, but you know, the, um, the cards that you got to get your, so if you've never been, you have to get, um, data on an actual, like a phone card, basically, if you are born in a time where you don't know what a phone card is, you had to buy like a little plastic card that had a bunch of numbers and stuff and you call a number, you plug it in and then you're allowed to call long distance or you're allowed to use data or minutes to make the phone call on your device. That as it may, Cuba, you need a little card, right? So I fucked it up. I don't know how, but I could not use the card on my phone. I had no data. And this was like, um, when I went to Cuba, it was my 33rd birthday. This was the first birthday I had never, I wasn't with my mom. This was the first birthday that I would not like, I'm like, I got to figure this out. Thankfully, I always bring like a burner phone with me. Like I bring a spare, like, you know, the cell phones that just sit in a drawer. I always bring a a spare so that if God forbid something happens, my shit gets stolen, it gets broken, or like there's a SIM issue, or I fuck up with a data card. I've got another phone and I'm able to contact home. So I fucked it up on my main phone, but I had a secondary. So I was able to get my happy birthday from my mama. So it was, you know, it's one of those things where somebody knows where I am. And yeah. it was in that one trip where I shout out to you, girl, because I know that I would have been nervous if your grown ass was someplace. And where's my text? It's my call. Something. <laughs> Are you alive? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. So I like that that app lets you notify somebody without you having to actually do the extra steps. Nope. And it shows you on the map where they're at. So you what about insurance? Do you have, oh, and the show where you at? Come on, mm-hmm. technology. technology. Do you do um, travel insurance? Sorry, Binky. Do you do travel um, insurance when you tra- travel, obviously? 
Um, I used to not. I used to be a very YOLO-esque, but now I'm just like, um, I try to either coordinate it to make sure, because I think some of my credit cards cover it. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to be very intentional, um, but usually now, especially with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. um, although some of them insurances are not, are not covering COVID, um, right. learned that the hard way there's there, I try to make sure I'm covered some way, either through that insurance or through my cards. Cause I'd be scared, like running in new areas, new surfaces and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. something as simple as like you trip or somebody opens their car door. You know what I mean? And it's just not only do you navigate the language barrier, but then not knowing what is an emergency number to call? What is, you know, is there a hospital on this island? It's fun and games until like. And your boy got asthma. So. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Always stay ready. I always I always I've learned from a young age. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yeah. With that inhaler, at least. So in terms of your experience with wellness, with travel and your podcast and all of your um, professional professional experiences being data-driven and now as we've conversed, experience-driven, what ways do you have to um, offer to help the people? Of course, definitely going to leave the link to your podcast in the description box, but what are the ways do you have that you are um, offering for people to engage with Joe, the wellness curator? Yes. Thank you, darling. Um, so when you can follow me on IG, of course, is Joe, the wellness curator and the podcast, um, the obsidian mindset, both are on IG. Um, I am, I host, I have a 30 day wellness planner or challenge um, so similar to we were discussing the eight dimensions of wellness, it's just a way for you to really think about wellness means every day, not too burdensome. I think we were discussing before, you don't need it to be like, I'm running a marathon today. Like if that's yeah. your thing, cool. But it's just like, oh, did you take a second to breathe? Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I forget to breathe. I forget how important it is. Um, so it's just really honing in and starting from the base level and making, sh- making you realize what wellness looks like. Um, so I can craft it to mean whatever you need it to. Um, so you can live your best life. So you know 30 day wellness planner. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just... No, I find that I just, and not breathe, reminding myself to breathe, but to relax. Like I hold all my tension here. Ooh. It's always here. And I could be doing Run absolutely stuff. nothing. And I realize, like, girl, it's all right. I'm down. And then 30 seconds later, just, I just have to keep going just through the moment. Like I will have to remind myself five times in a three minute window but i just keep all right it's cool be back it feels good though right mm-hmm. like just that deep breath it's like everything just melts away and like all right i can get to what i need to do now it's yeah i'm here so those little reminders you'd be surprised you'd be mm. surprised until someone reminds you or someone brings it to your awareness yep that it's something that you're even doing so while someone's like well all right yeah so small little reminders yeah whatever You'd be surprised. Like, check mm-hmm. out the 30 day reminders. There's something in there that you are not giving all of your attention to, and it could absolutely serve you. I'm definitely going to check that out. And after 30 days, you might not need it anymore, right? Like, that's the point is not to be relying on it. It's that right. you become an expert and you're like, okay, now I'm thinking about this every day wellness, wellness. How does it fit me? Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. We have, I'm taking on two new clients. So if you are looking for to start your wellness journey, I try not to focus on weight loss because, you know, that's not what we're trying to do. Wellness has nothing. 
wellness is not only about how you weigh and you know those numbers yeah. and how you're feeling. So I'd love to coach from that standpoint. Um, we're also running a Spartan race, me and my boy. So if we're going to try to find some people who needs to be trained, we'll do that as well. Um, I'll send out some more information on that later. And lastly, I do have merch. So if anyone wants to rock Obsidian, we got that too. We have a sweatshirt and a dad hat. Um, but I think for me, what's most important, and I always say this, even if you aren't going to be coached under me, if I'm very big on like just popping in the DMs and just having that conversation about wellness. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about wellness, whatever dimension it is. Um, even I am, I'm still working through it. It's one of those things where you just have to be more comfortable, similar mm -hmm. to travel. The more you do it, the more you're more comfortable yep. just getting on a plane or talking about it. Um, so I'm really big on starting that conversation. And if I can't help you, I'll be able to find someone that can. Um, and yeah, make you comfortable with wellness. That's where, that's where I want everyone to be at. And what I like about that offer also is that you are not just you're not just a personal trainer, like you are aware of and spend time focusing on so many different modalities mm -hmm. in wellness. It's not just about weight. So like if weight isn't your thing or if physical activity like isn't really like your thing, but like, damn, what you said about like spiritual and what you said about social, that really clicks. I realize that I don't necessarily find that I am building lasting relationships. Maybe I want to tap in with something. He may, he ain't going to sit here and like therapize yet. Like that's not nope. really what I think he's trying to like no. offer here. It's a conversation. It's a bringing an awareness. It is maybe you didn't know this. Let me spit a couple things your way. Let me throw a couple resources your way so that you can find a path that will get you towards something that is better suited for you and the part of wellness you are looking to improve. I don't know. That's right. Girl, that was good. I'm about, to say, I'm about to record that and put it on my website. <laughs> I will send you the clip. You hear me? <laughs> I will send you the clip for mommy though. Cause I'll remember. <laughs> um, so that in a closing note is why travel is so much more than vacation. It is absolutely the gift that keeps on giving if you allow it to open yourself mm -hmm. up to being intentional with your travels if you need to focus on wellness in any modality whether it be the social aspect the financial aspect the emotional the physical even just if you realize you know what i want to pay more attention to what i'm eating use your trip to do that it doesn't have to be like a rocket science kind of thing it can be as simple as i'm going to make my food more colorful I'm going to try new foods. I'm going to try new drinks. And it's nothing more exciting than trying it. Well, you could say, oh yeah, while I was in Bali, I actually tried, um, you know, this drink that, cause yeah, bitch, I did try some new shit in Bali. You know what I mean? Like I had Luwak coffee. They shit out the beans. All right. I drank it. But guess what? A bitch could say I did it in Bali. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a cute little story before somebody's like, did you, they did what? With them beans? <laughs> yes. But here we are with a story discourse right, and now right. making a new friend you know what i mean so if wellness is something that you are more interested in focusing in whatever modality it may be definitely give joe a holla and also head over to travelshippodcast.com because don't forget i've got the mindful traveler uh, course in my list of offerings uh seven different black women across seven different modalities in wellness we this is the wellness episode we i got know that's covered. right you know what i'm saying like we've got you covered joe got the eight modalities i got seven women talking about their modalities sounds walk uh yoga uh affirmations heart checks um 
breathing, food, and I cannot remember the last one right now because you got them all, girl. This spider thing that we talked about before. Oh yes, I this don't is, know if. I'm glad it. Oh, oh, there's my dog. I'm glad it waiting. I, I'm glad it waited. You know, appreciate you, friends. <laughs> I think it's telling you to wrap up. It's like, yeah, I need to we're, move. We're, so I guess we're move. discussing the terms of um, engagement. The rent, maybe. Maybe he's gonna put in. I don't know. I don't know. But travel's more than vacation, and this is the wellness episode. So we got your wellness covered. We both got offerings for you. I absolutely will have Joe's contact information in the belows. Don't forget to check up the Obsidian Mindset. And that's spelled with an O, y'all, like the stone, Obsidian. Oh, that's right. Not a, like A. So I, I know that that's something, if you're not familiar with stones and crystals, that may just kind of go over your head because you're just listening. Not a, not a call to judgment. It's just a, a pointing out just in case you're hearing and not seeing it. It is spelled with an, what is it? O-B-S-I-D. Go, you go for it. I-A-N. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. So that'll also be in the description. I'm going to make it easy for you visual keys and visual that's right, triggers that's right so that's it joe anything else you want to lead the people with that's it i appreciate you i appreciate everyone for listening and just always remember um to take a little time for you and thank you for picking you today bye y'all bye